This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Big Barbecue Central Show. It's a show, by the way, that talks about barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast, and I am your program host, Greg Griffin. Certainly happy to have you aboard here. Getting settled in uh, right off the bat. We seem to be having a little issue with our YouTube video feed. I've stopped and started it roughly 758 times here over the last five minutes. And it does not seem to want to link up for whatever reason. So I will continue to monitor that situation and see how that unfolds here over the course of the next handful of minutes. And if it doesn't connect... And we'll just toss it to the side and try again next week. That's the brilliance and thorn in the side, if you will, of dealing with the Internet. When it works, it's great. When it doesn't work, it's really not that great and quite painful. But we continue to head through as we try and restart the YouTube feed again. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, by the way, you're more than welcome to do that, and here's how your contact information looks. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQCentralShow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter. If you are a fan of this show and you know it's a second Tuesday of the month, then you know for sure that we are going to be talking with none other than the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on this green earth. That is, of course, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. So we're looking forward to chatting with Meathead, catching up with him been a month since our last visit, so we'll talk to him about a topic that perhaps you never thought that we would give so much time to, or an item that you thought we would never give so much time to. And it is, uh, I guess while it could be considered a main dish to some degree, you would typically find it as some kind of side, uh, maybe an appetizer, maybe both a side and an appetizer, maybe neither. But one, for sure, one of the most favorite items across spanning the culinary world, and that is potatoes. That's right. It is National Potato Month. 
And as Meathead and I were corresponding over the course of the week, I said, hey, it is, because I think I saw it was a post on Meathead's Twitter or Instagram, one of those, some type of social media for Meathead. And he mentioned that it was National Potato Month. And I said, is it out of line that we would sit here and do any number of minutes on potato? Because when you stop to think about it and break it down, there are number of different potatoes. Not all potatoes are created equal. Not all potatoes should be prepared in the same way. Some potatoes are better prepared this way or that way versus another. The list goes on. And Meathead is obviously a potato fan. I'm a huge potato fan, maybe more than I should be. So I thought it would be a great idea to talk a lot about, or at least as much as we could talk about potatoes on that remains relevant and entertaining. And then we can switch over to a bunch of Facebook questions that we got over the last couple of weeks. So Meathead in his traditional first hour, and then we will move to the second hour. It's no surprise, especially if you listen to the show and follow some of the topics that we go into. And no, I'm not going to be talking about Beyond Burger or Impossible Burger or Beyond Meat or Impossible Meat at this point. But I will be talking about real live beef with first-time guest and owner, fourth-generation owner, by the way, Doug Hassel from Hassel Cattle Company. What is on the rise or what continues to be on the rise? What does everybody want to get their hands on? What does everybody want to take pictures of and show everybody what they're cooking as they slice that steak for no good reason? And I'm a hypocrite because I do it every so often for social media pictures and so forth. That's the Wagyu or the Wagyu or the Wagyu or the American Kobe or whatever you want to call it. This is the pinnacle of beef in this country at this point. It's not 100% Japanese Wagyu, and of course we will talk about the differences as far as that's concerned. But we will talk about this rise of uh, or rise to prominence of the Wagyu beef here in this country, and uh, more and more purveyors are now starting to come out of the woodwork. Years ago, it was just a very small handful, and now you have, I guess, a bunch would be pretty good. Plus, you have purveyors carrying it, not only for end users here in your home, but across the restaurant board. So we'll be talking with Doug Hassel from Hassel Cattle Company in the second hour. Depending on how long that goes, we might have some open time for your phone calls and emails as well. So 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. So follow me or like me or both on all of those platforms. I do try to make it worth your while and I don't throw up a bunch of crap. In fact, Instagram has been a little quiet for me. I've done a lot of the tweetering, but I got to get back on the feed. A lot of stories on Instagram, but not a lot of uh, feed pictures on Instagram. So I got to rectify that. Uh, I don't spend as much time as I used to in uh, previous years on this, but I don't think I'm letting anybody in on the fact that, uh, from a surprise standpoint, that tomorrow is September 11th, 18 years ago. A bunch of rat, gutless bastards flew planes into our buildings across the country and effectively changed our lives forever. And I find it, at least for me, incumbent that I end the show 
each show as I have for the last 12 years or so, at least on the live show, with a reference of September 11, 2001, I will never forget because it's not just saying that. And the more time passes, the more it is just an event that took place that you read about online. I was going to say that you read about in a textbook, but I don't even know if that really happens in schools anymore. But when I was in school and you were learning about the great tragedies and events of the world and here in this country, you read it in the textbook. And 18 years removed now, it does feel like that's something that you just see or would hear about in a textbook or it's just covered in class. But a number of us lived that day. I was driving west outside of Cleveland, uh, closer to Cedar Point. In the middle of nowhere, when I was listening to the Howard Stern show and heard the first plane, I just kind of, oh, it was an accident, or maybe it was a propeller plane. It wasn't a jet airliner that flew into the World Trade Centers. And then uh, seven minutes after that, the second plane goes in. Of course, cameras are on it at that point, and everybody sees it. And then we know we're under attack. And, uh, you know, it's tough for the folks. You know, my oldest daughter was just months old, so she, Even for her, it doesn't hold the same tragedy value that it does for those of us that are old enough to realize what the fuck was going on at that point and how helpless everybody felt and were we next and where was everybody that we loved. So when I say let's not forget, I mean I mean it. Let's not forget. Let's... Make sure that tomorrow you watch that stuff on television again. And I know it's terrible to sit back and go through. And I can't imagine having lost somebody on September 11th and then rewatching all of that stuff as you have for the last 18 years. Maybe they they don't and for good reason because it's just continuing uh, that tragedy that was, you know, compounded even worse than any of us could have imagined. But I don't ever want to forget it. And as long as I do the show, the little bit that I can lend to people. Did he just say September 11th, 2001 at the end? Yes. Because for me, that is the biggest event that has happened. Politics aside, singularly, that is the biggest event that has happened in my lifetime. And I will refuse to let anybody that listens to this show forget about September 11th, 2001. Would love your thoughts on that as well. Maybe uh, where you were that day or what your thoughts are 18 years removed. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Meathead coming up here in just a few minutes. Let me talk to you quickly about Hartville Hardware. The Grill Fest is coming up. If you're not familiar with that, it's a place in Hartville, Ohio, which is south and then due east of downtown Cleveland. It's the country's largest hardware store, if you can believe that. It's huge. There's homes in this hardware store. Functioning homes. That's how big it is. It's really big. Think of the biggest hardware store and then realize that it's bigger than that. By the way, not to cut out of the read here, the Facebook channel is back up and running. I mean, it's such a pain in the butt. Maybe I'm just trying to go to it, but I don't know. Anyway, September 21st, so a week from this coming Saturday, we have Grill Fest 2019. If you're going to be around the general Cleveland area, you have nothing better to do. 
stop down. It's going to be me all day starting at 10 o'clock. That's when festivities officially kick off. I'll be there a couple hours early, probably catching up with all the other barbecue and grilling starlets and stars that will be there. For instance, Lisa Delgado will be doing three demos on the Big Green Egg during the course of the day in the live demo tent. There will be a Weber representative as well. And, of course, as we learned last week, DivaQ, Danielle Bennett, will be doing Traeger demos, three of those, on September 21st. All day fun with me as I host and moderate a bunch of these live demos. We'll get your questions from the audience. I'll ask questions. You know, As I was saying last week with Danielle, it'll be like a real live Barbecue Central show, except she'll actually be cooking, and I'll be running around like a maniac with a microphone in my hand. It's great. Come out and see us, won't you? HeartfillHardware.com is the website. It's free to attend. They have a huge burn area where you can see things actually happening. There'll be a rib contest that you will not be able to taste probably, but I'll be judging that. Great all-day fun. Weather at this point promises to be okay. little on the cool side, but I'm getting older, so my blood's thinning and I always want it to be 75 or hotter. Again, that's September 21st, 2019, a week from Saturday. Come out and see me. Come out and see Diva, Lisa Delgado, and whoever the hell the Weber rep is going to be. How do we not know who the Weber rep is going to be? That's a pretty big company last I checked. Meathead, coming up, out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue Products. Injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products tested on that competition circuit as well as in backyards like mine worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. The second Tuesday, my friends, means that we visit with esteemed colleague and creator of AmazingRibs.com. Meathead. Hey, what's up, pal? Steamed, am I? You are esteemed, right? Oh, esteemed. Yes. Well, I mean, I guess you could be steamed, too, if we were talking about a particular cooking method. We might talk about that a little bit later. Or, or if we're football fans, both of us. Holy mo- Well, look, Meathead, I mean, oh, boy, we could diverge very quickly and not talk about cooking. But, you know, it, it is if you are – if we – I say we just in general, but if we have ever talked football, especially for this upcoming season, I quit the Browns three years ago after the one-win season when everybody said it couldn't possibly get any worse. And I said, well, of course, there's one more game to lose. You could not win any game, which they summarily won out and lost all of the possible games that following season. I forget about it. I mean, that was totally it. So to see the talent that we got, and to know that we have this quarterback, blah, 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 as a businessman and somebody that would still have to pay to go to a game, 
What I say is, screw you. Put together a couple winning seasons. Show me that you can do it. And then as a consumer, I might feel like giving you some of my money. But what happened on Sunday is nothing new for years. Since 1999, all we have done is lose and lose. I mean, yeah, come on. The, the difference is is a lot of the smart guys were saying, oh, this could be Cleveland's year. <laughs> but, Meathead, we've been saying that since 1999. I mean, as a famous local sports talk show host said, how much poop can one man eat? I've had my fill. <laughs> uh, let me get this straight now. Yes. Five years ago, you gave up drinking. Three years ago, you gave up the Browns. Two years, I gave up drinking. That's oh, okay, two years. And and, and have have you given up the Cavaliers yet? Uh, Well, I mean, they're certainly not going to be any good. And by the way, I mean, this has nothing to do with anything. But uh, tragic news out of Cleveland Cavaliers camp. Uh, The television voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Fred McLeod, passed away completely unexpected last night at 67 years old. And... You know, you don't realize it. Uh, me, you can probably attest to this. When you listen to a guy, like I watch all of the Cavs games. Some we went to that partial, you know, life, so I didn't get to hear him. But all the other Cavs game I watch on television. And I listen to Fred McLeod call Cavs games for the last 13 years. And you don't realize that when you're a fan, he's the voice. He's who you hear and you unknowingly develop this relationship, especially if you like him. And I was pretty... Uh, pretty in in a, in a bad mood when I learned that he had passed away last night. I mean, you well, find this yourself. Is, this is not a, a Cavs fan speaking. This is a radio man speaking. But both. You, but I'm a Cavs lost, fan. Well, but you lost one of your peers. You yes. lost a fellow radio man. Yeah. And 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 I think it sounds like that you're speaking from the standpoint of this was the voice. Yes. The the radio the, man. He painted it. He painted the pictures, and you you unknowingly have this relationship with somebody, and then all of a sudden, it's just out of the blue that he's not going to be there this season. And as bad as the Cavs are going to suck this season, and they are going to suck, I was still I didn't realize how much I was looking forward to hearing Fred and Austin Carr interact with each other this season, and that won't be there ever again. And that kind of makes me sad as a sports fan. We still have the voice of barbecue. That's right. For as long as we will have that. And who knows how long that's going to be. So, all right, we are way off topic. Meathead, I have to ask you this question before we get to the topic at hand. Can you please explain the best picture I have ever seen of you on the internet, which is this? You and Mustard Lady look like you are about to go at it. What is going on here? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Where oh this must have been at the mustard museum. Yeah, this is uh looks like National Mustard Day is on the banner yes. in the background. And- okay. Hey guys, there is in Wisconsin, I forget the name of the little town. It's south of Madison, north of the Illinois border, um, not far from uh, Milwaukee. There is a mustard museum. Barry Levinson and his wife run this really fun place. It's got the whole history of mustard. It's got hundreds of mustard bottles from all over the world, historical must. And it's it's just a fun place. He is a stitch. He used to be a lawyer, but he could be a stand-up comic. He's really funny. And they have an annual mustard festival. 
and people get dolled up. I don't think she works for the museum. I think she's just a mustard lover. Are you just asking her maybe for a taste of her mustard or something like that? Oh. What are we talking? <laughs> it's a great picture. It's my favorite picture of you I've ever seen. I think. No, I. The, what you don't see is there's a hot dog in my other hand, and I'm asking her to. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Well, I get. It. I mean, it was. Uh, I saw the picture and I was like, "This could be one of my favorite meathead pictures of all I've time." I've never seen that. Hey, where'd you get that? I like to well, have a copy. You know, of it. I got people that uh, scour the internet for great pictures. That's I'll funny. send it to you over email after uh, we get off the air here this evening. Uh, also, I do want to say that a couple weeks ago we were able to, to uh, you know, about two weeks ago we were able to spend a little time together in your fair city as we take yeah. in a meal at Smith and Walensky right on the river there in Chicago and. I just want to say that it was a great hospitality that you show me and my middle daughter, and it's always great to be able to to get with people in person that you really enjoy having an internet relationship with, yeah. and uh, now you can you know uh, continue to solidify the relationship in person. Oh, I, I think our friendship goes beyond the uh, monthly chats online, and I got to say this, and I'm trying to figure out how to say it without sounding like a dirty old man, mm. but people out there listening. Uh, Greg has a really beautiful daughter who is a model. Yes. And she was in town to do some modeling. Greg was along just to uh, drive and chaperone her. <laughs> and it, and she is a delightful young woman. She joined us for supper. And uh, it was a great pleasure to have somebody prettier than you to look at. Well, it's not very hard, but I agree with you. She is uh, much more good-looking than I am. Uh, yeah, I where she must have come from the wife. Always the wife, no doubt about it. Uh, we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. And tonight, you know, as you had put, I think, in a, in a tweet a uh, handful of days ago, or maybe it was a week or whatever, that September, National Potato Month, correct? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know where they get these things. Somebody asked me that the other day. How do you get to be National Booger Month? You know, I mean, right. how do you... How do you, where is the official registry? Who approves this? Is this is is this what Congress is doing in their spare time? <laughs> I don't know, but it is National Potato Month. You brought it up to me, and I jumped all over it because I can live on potatoes alone. Of course, they say man cannot live on. But you know, um, you you don't see me from the waist down in this video, but you can attest because since you were in my physical presence, I have what one might call a well. Marble carcass, <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, if I had to go on a low carb diet, I would starve because uh, mm. I cannot live without potatoes and pizza and pasta. Um, and uh, so we, we 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 said, let's talk about potatoes tonight, and I've got some fun stuff to talk about. All right, so uh, let's start, I guess, right at the top, which would be types <coughs> of potatoes. Now, as I roll through my grocery store produce mm -hmm. or whatever, I typically find a Idaho potato, which I guess would uh, classically be called a russet potato of, of some form. I see a white potato. I see the uh, red skin potato. Uh, Yukon gold, which happens to be my personal favorite potato. Mine too. Fingerling potatoes I see from time to time. Usually I'm actually getting those more from uh, farmer's markets than uh, the traditional grocery stores. And then, of course, uh, sweet potato, which uh, may or may not be a potato. But uh, like, what else am I missing as far as types or kinds of potatoes? Well, the, the experts break them down into roughly three categories. All right. There are the starchy potatoes, the waxy potatoes, and the new potatoes. Now, the starchy potatoes are fairly low in moisture and, as you might guess, high in starch. 
Um, and they're really good for baking and for mashing, for frying, for roasting. They're not really good for boiling because they can disintegrate fairly quickly. Mm. Um, and the most common of these is the russet Burbank, which is your standard um, fairly large um, tan-skinned potato. King Edward is another popular variety. Um, the waxy potatoes are um, a really good all-purpose. Uh, they have a little higher moisture, um, uh, not a lot, though. Um, not as much starch, and when they boil, they get kind of soft around the edges, but they hold their shape. Mm. And these are really good for potato salads and casseroles. Um, most red skin potatoes are considered waxy potatoes. Um, they're kind of thin, thinner skin. Yep. And Yukon Gold is a waxy potato. Now, Yukon Gold is a fairly new hybrid. It was developed in 1966 in Canada. Um, it wasn't introduced until the early 70s, so it's only, you know, 40 years on the market. But I remember when I first tasted it. I mean, it's got this buttery flavor. Oh, yeah. Kind of a yellowish um, uh, 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 meaty meat. Um, and uh, they are, too, also my favorites. Now, the third type is, is what they call new potatoes. And uh, these are, are just the small ones, golf ball size. They come kind of funny shape. Your fingerlings fit in. They're usually picked in spring um, when they're just, you know, tight, smaller. Uh, they're thin skin, uh, low in moisture and starch. And they're real good for boiling skin and oil. You eat them skin and oil, uh, throw them in stews, soups, um, butter them up with parsley, uh, whatever your favorite herb. They, they really take well to herbs. All right, now, those are the potatoes. So we have those down, and now we can actually start talking about the process to getting them eventually into our mouths and then belly, which is uh, cooking. So, uh, I mean, we could easily take the route of, you know, which one works best in a smoker or which one works best on a grill. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people's first introductions to potato is in a baked form. So... I would imagine that a russet potato, uh, like you had said, is probably better for baking. But yep. let's talk about methods of baking, and is there uh, a best way to bake? You're right into my script here, pal. Here um, we go. Well, this is really fun. And this, when I say what I'm about to say, it won't shock you at all. Use your thermometer. We've all got thermometer. I mean, everybody listening to the show by now has a thermometer, hopefully a thermopen or something like that. Yes. Um, if you want them really fluffy, really light, just, you know, almost on the edge of being mashed potato inside, 212 degrees, boiling temp, right on the edge of boiling, 212 degrees. If you like them a little crunchy, but still soft, 208. Or if you like them, you know, like lumpy and crunchy, al dente, 205. So 205 to 212. And if you want them really light and soft, take them up to 212, 210 in that range and experiment with them. Find your particular temperature and you can nail it every single time. Now, uh, since you brought up thermometers, this isn't going to be that weird of a follow-up question. If you want that fluffy innard, do you pull the potato out at 208 or 209 and it's going to carry yeah. up to 212 can you overcook and shoot past 212 no you really it's hard to get past 212 212 is the boiling temp 
and things that are that high in water, just like meat, can't go higher than water boiling temp mm-hmm. until the water all boils off. Got it. So it's it's hard to get up above 212, maybe 213 or so, because there is a lot of other stuff in there, starch and stuff, woodiness. But um, yes, there is definitely a carryover issue. And when you think about it, potatoes are pretty thick. You know, they're about they're about as thick as a turkey breast or a or a pork loin. So yeah, there's a significant amount of carryover. So um, yeah, if you want it at 212 or at your really fluffy stage, I've found there's typically about a five degree carryover, depending on how long it takes you to get it to the table and cut it open. And if you if you you know put butter in and smoosh it all around, that's going to slow the cooking. Um, you need to play with it. Um, you need to find you because everybody has their favorite texture for potato. Mine may be different than yours. Um, is there a, uh, well, I totally forgot the question I was just going to ask you, but well, the answer oh, is oh, yes. oh. Um, so do you recommend, uh, just straight up into the oven? Do you recommend uh, wrapping in foil, like any like cheats or crutches like you do in barbecue? Well, well let's talk, we're, we're grill people. Um, um, when you wrap in foil, you're going to get soft skin. Um, and, uh, the same thing, you have the similar problem with microwaving. Um, you know, this is not going to shock anybody out there who's listened to me with you over the years. Reverse sear. Um, start them on the indirect side. Warm them with convection air. Bring them up to about 10 degrees below your target. Then roll them over to the hot side. Lift the lid. Roll them around on the hot side and get that skin crispy. Hmm. And if you want to leave it there long enough to kind of brown it and char it or crunchy, Go right ahead. Um, they do take a long time to get there. And if you want to cheat, and I've done this and it works pretty good, a few minutes in the microwave to get them started, cook that center a little, because it takes a while to get those things. I mean, the whole thing problem with thick meat and potatoes and stuff is the water. Water is a conductor, but it's also an insulator. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it insulates pretty well. And so it takes a long time for heat to work through uh, water. And potatoes are probably in the in the range of 80, 85 percent water. Most meats are in the range of 70, 75 percent water. So there's more water in potato and vegetables than there is in meat. But they're still a lot of water. They're mostly water. So um, th- th- it takes time. Do you ever experiment? I know you're not a huge fan of caveman cooking of steak, but would you throw potatoes on the coals? No. Um, the same thing with steaks. You have the same problem with, that you do with steaks. Um, you get these burnt spots, um, and, 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 they, and they get really hard and leathery. You, I mean, you might like that. I mean, I don't dislike those hard, leathery burnt spots, but I'm, I'm not a – you know, you get – there's a point where – dark goes black and it turns to carbon and i just am not a big fan of eating carbon um but uh um you know it's just like with a uh um a steak you can get right down above the coals right down close to them the closer you get the more that you know we've talked about this before but i can't stress it enough and i've i've been trying to clarify the way i explain this to people you know on a grill you've got three energy sources you you you've got conduction heat which is when it's in contact with metal metal gets very 
uh, charged with energy. The metal is the same temperature as the air. You don't close the lid, the air temperature is 225, the metal is 225, right. but the metal has more energy, and it's the energy we should be thinking about when we're talking about cooking and uh, grill, um, not the air temp, um, because that energy in the metal conducts itself very directly, and that's how you get grill marks. Um, you have the, the second method is convection airflow. Air is a very slow way to cook things. Put things in warm air. You can stick your arm into a 225-degree grill and hold it there for a few minutes. Yep. But the minute you touch that steel grates or those foam grates for the side of the, the grill, you're on your way to the hospital. And, and you will learn very quickly that just because it's 200 degrees doesn't mean it all has the same degree of energy. And then the mm -hmm. final, and this is really crucial, is infrared radiant energy. And that's when you're over red stuff. That's when you're over glowing coals. That's when you're over flame. That's infrared radiant heat and it's energy. And you really can't measure that with thermometer. Um, I mean, you, it, it, it's best measured in, in calories. Um, um. But um, the, the key here is, is that's the energy that sears a steak. And, 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 and I talk to people all the time and we talk, I'm always trying to explain what a great sear is. And, and they say, well, my big green avocado gets up to uh. 600 degrees. <laughs> and I'd say, yeah, that's air temperature. But it's infrared that you need to sear a steak. And you get infrared by close proximity or to glowing red coals. Mm. And when you're on your big green avocado, you're 8, 12 inches from the coals. Um, and often you've got a, a, a plate in between. So it's not the air. It's the infrared energy. It's all about energy. So I'm off on a tangent here from potato, but the same thing here. If you roll those potatoes over directly above coals, directly above, instead of on top of physically in contact with the coals, you get a nice dark uh, crust. And uh, I like a good, I mean, I eat the skin. And by the way, <laughs> if you're going to eat the skin, um, I, you get a, um, one of those scrubby sponges. Now, you don't want soap in it, obviously, but um, a, a scrubby sponge is really good for scrubbing off any dirt. I mean, potatoes come from underground, so they have dirt in them. They have bacteria and stuff in them, and you just want to scrub off any of the dirt um, and uh, then uh, no soap, and uh, away you go. All right, we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. We will... Stand by just for two minutes here, and then we'll talk about a deep frying potatoes, Meathead. So get ready to talk about deep fried potatoes as we are talking with Meathead on a topic you probably didn't think you'd hear about on this show, which is potatoes, because they're freaking delicious. Meathead and I agree on many things. Potatoes being delicious are definitely one of those things that we agree on. Hey, let me talk to you about Southside Market and Barbecue, established in 1882. Southside Market Barbecue, one of the oldest barbecue joints in Texas. And they've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real post-oak wood, shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S., from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants. Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats processed in that on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. 
Wholesale options are available, by the way, shipping nationwide via the FedEx. You can also use food service distribution channels like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable for research and development package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand spanking new. They also have private label opportunities, which means you can use their own tested and uh, true successful products but just put your label on them. They will let you use their products with your name. Everybody wins in the selling process. Visit SouthsideMarket.com for more information. As you are there and you start putting stuff in your shopping carts, use promo code BBQ Central, all one word, lowercase, BBQ Central, for 10% off your online orders at SouthsideMarket.com. And that's 10% off any order you put on there at any time. Not just your first order, all orders, 10% off. Again, that's code BBQ Central, SouthsideMarket.com. And we have more Meathead coming up in just a few seconds. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back, and this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase some of those woods, by the way, 100% pellet wood, like a hickory, and I believe their cherry is 100% as well. So if you're interested in that, check them out, Amazon.com to purchase as well, or CookinPellets.com. As we are rejoined by Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, and we are talking about potatoes this evening. So we have wrapped up the baking portion. Uh, We learned that we want to use our thermometers. We learned that 212 is a nice fluffy, and literally 5 degrees on on either side will get you al dente all the way up to fluffy. So uh, don't be afraid to use those thermometers in the potato. Sounds a little weird, I guess, but hey, temperature Nails everything, right? We, if you want to be accurate, let's be accurate, for crying out loud. Cooking is all about temperature and temperature control, both the air, the oven, and the um, the meat. Right. Now, there, we, we talked about, you said wrapped up baking, but uh, there was a couple of more things I wanted to share on baking potatoes. One of them is, is my favorite way to bake a potato is um, to um, uh, take the potato, clean it up, and keep it wet after I've w- scrubbed it down. I right. want it wet. And then salt it, and the salt will kind of melt and get mm. into the skin. Um, and then I like to slice them in half um, lengthwise so that I have two boat-shaped uh, halves. And then I use my uh, my Meathead's Memphis Dust, which is a pork rub. It's, it's a basic, you know, any of your favorite pork rubs, um, which has, uh, you know, paprika, garlic, onion, Little brown sugar, white sugar, whatever. You know that 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 flavor profile. Yep. Um, if if you've got salt in your rub, then skip the salting phase. But you shouldn't have salt in the rub. I've talked about that before, uh, and this is why you want to control the salt separately from the other flavors. Um, and uh, uh, if you want, you can oil it first and then sprinkle the uh, the rub on, and then you cook it indirect. And then you can roll it over, and then I'll often give it a light coat of oil again. Mm. And I, I, I'm kind of, you know, I keep bacon grease around. 
Um, and I'll paint it lightly with bacon grease and then move it over to the hot side for the final stage of searing. And then you get a nice dark brown crust on the cut edge, uh, kind of like a French fry crust. And uh, that's real nice. No doubt. And that's a good dovetail into the next portion of cooking, which is deep frying. Uh, that could mean, of course, French fries, but it doesn't have to be French fries. It could be potato cubes or whatever. So let's talk about uh, best methods in deep frying potatoes. Well, and especially, you know, by the way, I've got to do my usual plug, but I've got a bunch of potato recipes from um, everything from potato pancakes to potato salads. And Clint Cantwell, who works with us, has a deep fried sweet potato and what a gift that is. I don't know who came up with that idea. I remember, you know, 15 years ago or so, tasting them for the first time. It was like, what? Where has this been all my life? Right. Um, fried potato. Didn't we have some at Smith & Walensky, in fact? I think um, we did. I don't think we had the deep fried sweet potatoes. Oh, maybe she did. Yeah, I know we had hash browns, but I think she did get the, oh, yeah, the, the hash deep fried sweet potatoes. Yeah, hash browns were really good. And by the way, did you notice... Not a single grill mark on that steak. No, not at all. All brown well, across. Edge to edge, dark mahogany, That's the right. way it's supposed to be. I would assume they consulted you, of course. <laughs> of course. They, yes, they of check course. with me on everything. Right. <laughs> but um, the uh, uh, we, we have talked before about deep frying on the grill, but well, let's touch on the highlights again. And if you want more, I do have this on AmazingRibs.com. You know, when you deep fry in the house, you always face the problem of the spattering it just all over the, the, the uh, countertop, the uh, stovetop. Um, uh, you, you can turn on your vent, but it's never strong enough. You set off the smoke alarm. Take your um, deep frying outside. Deep frying is outdoor cooking. Um, I, I have a six-quart uh, six um, uh, Dutch oven. I pour, well, it depends on what I'm cooking. If it's fried chicken, it's about an inch, inch and a half. Potatoes, I might use more. But I pour my cooking oil into the um, cast iron pot, and I do two zones, just like I'm cooking anything on my gas grill. A hot zone, and I put it right on top of the hot zone. Uh, I bring the temp up. 375 to 350 are your sweet spots. Um, uh, really expert fryers. Will fluctuate, you know, if they're doing donuts, they're down around 350. But 375 is a good number because the minute you throw cold stuff in there, it does a nose dive and it'll go down to 300. So you want to start around 375. And if you and stuff, when you get the exterior perfect, but the interior sometimes is not, you just take it out, put it on the indirect side, let it drip drain. And close the lid, and it will carry over and cook to perfection. Potatoes, same way. Um, toss them in there. Fry them up. Um, they're fantastic. Pull them out. I, I just put um, – I take a section of newspaper. Remember newspaper, guys? I've heard about it. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an ancient technology. I, have, I still ha get the Sunday paper. Um, I, I just I take a section of newspaper and put a couple of layers of paper towel on top of it. So you don't have to waste a whole bunch of paper towel, just like two layers of paper towel on top of the newspaper. Yeah. And then the fries go on top of the paper towel and uh, on the indirect side. Um, and uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, it's a great way to deep fry potatoes. 
And you can make and the thing and you know this whenever you order out, you the you know, no matter whom you order from, you, you get the French fries and you rush home with them and they're soggy. Yes. Soggy because they steam. Right. Potatoes are like 80, 85 percent water. And you, the minute you close the lid on that clamshell, it's a steamer. And there goes all your cripsiness. So fry them yourself. Uh, let me ask about. OK, so uh, um, which one do I want to know about first? By the way, also, uh, I, yeah, potato pancakes, potato pancakes are fantastic, um, and you can do them on the grill the same way. You just only want about a half inch of oil off for those, and uh, you want, um, um, I forget, it's baking soda or baking powder. I always mix the two up. I think it's baking powder. You put a little pinch of baking powder in there um, uh, to, to take it over the top, but they're fantastic. Did you hear that if you put... Uh, stuff to drain grease off that you would want to put it actually on a paper bag because the paper bag absorb like it doesn't uh, it'll take in the grease so it's actually not sitting in it like it would on a, a paper towel or something along these lines. You ever I heard had, of that? I, I know that Alton Brown and others say that you should rest it on a on a, and on a on a rack like a cooling rack that you use for yeah. pie or something. But it, I just can't. That doesn't make sense to me because. If you lay it on paper of some sort, then it's going to wick away the oil. Um, if you lay it on a rack, you've got to wait for it to drip. And if it doesn't drip off, it's going to soak in. I mean, look, you know, it's not diet food. Um, if, you know, as long as you don't eat French fries three times a day, six days a week, uh, it's not going to kill you. Um, but uh, I, I want it on paper of some sort to drain. So maybe brown paper bag is better at draining i'd not heard that all right uh the other question as it relates to the deep frying of potatoes i have seen on any number of big head talk shows that you do the potatoes once at a lower temperature to cook through and then you fish everything out and then you jack up the temperature throw them back in again for a couple minutes to crisp the outside are you a subscriber to that um, it is the method that potato, French, that potato frying aficionados recommend. And what a lot of restaurants will do is they'll actually put a holding period in there. Um, I know that Smoke Barbecue here in Chicago, which is my favorite barbecue joint in Chicago, S-M-O-Q-U-E, yep. um, they do that two, uh, double step fry or two step frying. Um, they, uh, they, they cut the potatoes on premise. Um, they fry them, but they don't fry them all the way through. They'll pull them out, put them on uh, a rack, I think, on sheet pans, and then they'll put the sheet pans on a cart, and they hold them. And then when you order, they pull them off the cart, and they go into the hot oil, mm. and they finish frying. And, uh, the, the, uh, I mean, you know, every, again, you know, French fries are like, um, uh, pizza. Everybody has a, a platonic ideal in their brain as to what is the perfect french fry is it the mcdonald's french fry or is it uh you know somebody else's uh, so many restaurants now serve a coated french fry yep, yep. um and you can tell them instantly they're 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 kind of like sandpaper on the outside from the coating yep. but they're really crispy and yep. they hold that crispiness i love those things and some of them they put seasonings in them yes, you know like yes. uh Parmesan cheese or garlic and that these are these are fun. I haven't learned how to do that yet. I bet you can do that yourself. Uh, I just I'm I'm a bit of a purist. I just do fr um, uh, fried potatoes. All right, let's talk about uh, mashed potatoes. I think at my house 
if given their druthers of what potato do you want to have, mashed potatoes went out 10 out of 10 times, believe it or not. So do you have a a favorite mashed potato recipe or a best way to to make? Well, I have some ideas. Um, Shocking as it may sound. Yes. You know, obviously this is not something you're going to do on the grill. Um, Typically, um, you'll take your potatoes um, and you'll cut them into chunks so they'll cook faster and they go into water. And you want them to cook so that they're fairly soft. You've got to be able to, you know, if you take a, a paring knife, you pierce them with a paring knife, it slides in and out fairly fairly quickly, like a good brisket. Yes. Um, and uh, then, you, then you mash them. And everybody has their favorite level of mash. And, you know, some people like them with the skins on, some with the skins off. Some like little chunkiness in them. So if that's the case, you pull them out of the water, boiling water when they're still a little firm. Some people like them absolutely smooth and soft. Where you can really go wrong is over whipping them. Um, they can get gluey and um, just awful. Um, so you got to be careful. You got to make sure not to over whip them and taste them. And then the other thing is, is what do you add to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, by themselves, they're very pleasant. Uh, you can season them salt and pepper or spices or whatever you want. Um, a, a, a favorite of mine, of course, is garlic. Um, and raw garlic is a bit – I mean, if you like raw garlic, go ahead and chop it up and throw it in there when you're whipping it. But generally, um, it's a good idea to cook the garlic. One way to do it mm. is to simmer it in water. Another way is simmer it in milk. That defangs it a bit. <laughs> or – um, roast it on the grill, um, smoke it. It's a very nice technique. Smoke garlic mixed into your mashed potato, very nice technique. And then you got your choice. Um, cream, milk, butter, combination of the above. Yes. Yogurt. Um, I lean towards the butter. I mean, good God, you know. Um, Why not? I've, I've been known to make mashed potatoes with only butter. Yeah. Uh, and 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 no milk or cream or di- other kinds of dairy, and they're just fantastic. You got to really load up on the butter, whole lot of butter, um, but they're so good. Or you can, you know, put some cream. And again, this is, becomes a very personal preference. How do you like them? And you just, you know, it's a dirty job, but experiment. Uh, do you like twice baked potatoes? I mean, that's kind of uh, yeah. baked and and mashed all in one to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, the technique there is you, you you bake them and then you scoop them out and kind of whip them up. And uh, here you can mix in your your sour cream, um, chopped chives, your garlic, bacon. cheese. Bacon. Bacon and cheese. We have a really good bacon and cheese um, twice-baked potato recipe. You want to get fancy instead of just putting it in there. You can pipe it in with a um, a pastry bag, so yes. you get these nice little curls and swirls. They look really cool. Um, and uh, uh, who doesn't like twice baked potatoes? And then you get to eat the skin when you're done. Absolutely, uh, uh, Meathead. Uh, let me change subjects here real quick as we are evaporating on time. And I, uh, we had talked about this just a bit. While we were taking in a steak on the river in Chicago, which was the uh, continuance of plant-based meat and the craze and the popularity that it is gaining. And uh, we both said to each other, uh, look, fools, don't be fooled. This is not 
a health alternative. It is only a non-meat alternative, and I know you have a couple thoughts on that. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, uh, since you and I met, I went to the Burger King near my house All right. and bought both the regular Whopper and the new Impossible Whopper. The Impossible Whopper is made with this um, non-meat uh, faux burger, and uh, Whopper is my favorite of the fast food burgers. Um, so I brought, I you know, ran home with them real quickly, and uh, and tasted them. And you know, I you know I, I'm doing the Google searches, and one of the first things I find is this big article on Bon Appetit. My family couldn't tell the difference. Well, I don't know about her family, but I could tell the difference. Now, it wasn't huge, but you can tell the difference. And the reason it wasn't huge is you got a sesame seed bun, you got lettuce, you got tomato, you got ketchup, you got mayonnaise, and you got pickles on top of this thing. Yeah. So I took it out, both of them, rinsed off, put them plate and took bites of each of them, and there is no mistaking. You have to have a lead palate. <laughs> to not tell the difference. I mean, the, the there is just, I mean, the, the 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 faux burger is admirable for its attempt, and it is to be respected for how close they've come, but it is still a good distance from a real burger. I mean, if uh, if nobody told, if somebody gave you one and the other, and you took bites of both, I don't know if you can uh, unbiasedly say this at this point. Would you and and they never told you one wasn't uh, meat? Would you think that you were just experiencing different grades, or would you say, well, one of these is definitely not meat? Well, if I was tasting them naked and somebody handed me the Impossible Burger, I would just say this is a really bad piece of meat. It's yeah. just not a good burger. Um, I mean, because it's not a good burger. Right. But I may not have guessed it was a faux burger. Um, but in side by side, there's no question. And it's a fun tasting, um, do it with your family and you were getting at the health aspects. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we, we're, a lot of us are getting the message that we should avoid processed foods. Well, mm -hmm. now, let's, I, I, we've got to do this quickly here. You cut a steak out of a big muscle of meat. And you throw it on the, you salt and pepper it and throw it on the grill. You're making processed food. You are applying energy to protein, fat, minerals, all that stuff. You are processing it. You are taking it from its raw, natural state and processing it. Now, it's a low level of processing. The word processed food is no legal definition for that very reason. It's processed. You take an apple and peel it, you have processed it. Mm. Very low level of processing, but it's processing. So, the, But the thing about these faux burgers are they are probably more processed than a Cheeto. Yeah, right. I mean, this stuff goes through some serious machinery and grinding and crunching and uh, genetic modification. I mean, there is nothing in your grocery store that is more processed than this, I would guess. Um, I mean, I can't say definitively, but this is a very highly processed food. So the idea that you're eating vegetables, no, you're not eating vegetables. You're just eating non-meat. Now, we can't dismiss the fact that 
<clears throat> meat, cattle in particular, are a real strain on the environment. Right. And they produce a lot of methane, they produce a lot of carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide rather, um, and, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, and vegetables do not. So we know that they've measured all this. What I haven't seen is, is in the production process, how much energy is used and how much waste is created in the production of these faux burgers. And that has to be added to the environmental impact. And I haven't seen that yet. I'm digging. All right. Uh, Meathead is at AmazingRibs.com. If you have any questions about any of the potato stuff that we talked about, head on over to that website, AmazingRibs.com. And don't forget, if you are a huge fan of Meathead, he is putting together this meetup that's going on next summer in Memphis. You can go to AmazingRibs.com slash Memphis-2020 and find out about all of the details. You get to go to a bunch of really cool barbecue restaurants. You get to stay in a really historic hotel down in Memphis. It's going to be a wild scene out there next year. Um, how many spots are available, Meathead? I mean, are we, we're probably only talking about a, a select few at this point. There's, we're, it's limited to 400, and I think about half the seats are sold. Um, uh, but uh, it'll be a good time, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. There's never been a convention for barbecue lovers. There's trade conventions, but this is for us. And if it sells out well, we've got from uh, – we, we, we're going to try to put together an expo and get some different grills and smokers and stuff down there to kick the tires. I haven't done that yet because I can't attract manufacturers until I can tell them how many bodies I've got. Got it. But um, uh, back on this uh, uh, faux meat for a second, if anybody listening, if any of your listeners are out there and have seen articles or information about how much energy is used in manufacturing these things, send me that link, will you? All right, we will do that. Uh, In the meantime... You will see Meathead back here on the second Tuesday of next month, which will be October, if you can believe it. Meathead, always appreciate the time. Good night, Greg. Good night, Central Lights. Thanks for having me. There's Meathead right there. Always enjoy our conversations. Uh, We did a lot of potato talk there, a little uh, plant-based meat rant at the end, which is fun. And there you go. All right. Let's see where we're at. Got uh, one, two, three. Yeah, all right. We can hold off on that. Uh, Meathead at is uh, at amazingribs.com. Also, don't forget if you're into those uh, barbecue videos, Meathead is doing uh, barbecue stars, and we know that website to be tinyurl.com/slash bbq stars. That's tinyurl/slash bbq stars, and Meathead's videos are available. So head on over there. Uh, I, I don't remember if the enrollment is still available or not. I'm sure Meathead, if he's tracking on Facebook or here in YouTube, he'll give us the dates there. But if you like Meathead, he's put together some brand new videos. Production value is hot, by the way. So if you want to check that out, tinyurl slash Stars or amazingribs.com slash memphis-2020 for the big convention of consumers that's right pitcast members and lovers of amazingribs.com we are pointing to the second hour let's go ahead and refresh libations as we get ready for the second hour of the show you're listening and watching the barbecue central show right here on the barbecue central network stick around be right back